Welcome to The Link Church. We pray this week's message inspires you to have a meaningful relationship with Jesus. I want to invite Heinrich up if he would like to join me. I'm just going to get Heinrich to share a couple of things with us, amen? And then we're going to pray, some, we're going to pray a little bit tonight, amen? amen. Thanks, yeah, my, my heart's broken, I tell you, it's... it's Hard to, to watch the things that's happening in Israel and, and just carry on with life as if, it's, if nothing's happened. Um, apologies for Kathleen. She, she can't be here tonight. She's, she's in a mess. She's just too sad to be here. Um, I just want to share with you a little bit what, what, what the enemy is doing at the moment. I don't think we realize the impact of this, what's happening. Um, just... Up till yesterday was the Feast of Tabernacles. It goes for eight days, right? And it ends with the day that should be the most happiest day. It's the day of rejoicing. In the Second Temple period, it was said that the rejoicing was nothing. Nothing could compare to the rejoicing that happened on that day. And that's the day that the enemy attacked. They, they were very strategic in, in, in their plans. And we don't know exactly what happened, but they, they, the wall that, the, the Gaza wall, um, I mean, they were, the Jews were boasting that not even an ant can cross that wall without the, the IDF detecting them. So how did a thousand soldiers on motorbikes and vehicles cross that went into Israel and attacked Lots of little towns and, and, and kibbutzes and things. Um, how did that happen? Even the Iron Dome wasn't effective. Uh, there were lots of direct hits. Um, there are suspicion that something happened that, that, that interfered with the, with the effectiveness of the Iron Dome. And there is suspicion because there's only two superpowers that have the technology to interfere with that. And that's America and Russia. And I don't think it's America. So, and then there are stories of, of Egypt getting their army ready. I'm not sure for what. Is it to defend themselves or to join their, their, their Muslim brothers? I'm not sure. But this is, this is big. Um, yeah, Iran is ready. Uh, the um, Hezbollah in the northern, in Lebanon has now launched rockets from the north. So it is, it's huge. Now I just want to share a little bit about um, the festival of, Suk- of Sukkot, which is the tabernacles. And, and, and I really want to say I appreciate this church so much for your support to Israel. And this is a time that we should pray for Israel like never before. Um, they are the apple of God's eye. And, and we need to really take time to pray at this, this hour. Revelations 21, verse 2 to 3, it says, I also saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven for God, uh, from God, prepared as a bride adorned for a husband. Like a wedding festival, right? I also heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling of God is among men, and he shall tabernacle among them. 
They shall be his people, and God himself shall be among them and be their God. He shall wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Nor shall there be mourning or crying or pain any longer, for the former things have passed away. So it will be a day of joy. So um, what is the purpose of Sukkot? I just wanted to show you there that when God is coming to to tabernacle with us, it's, it's going to be like a wedding festival. It's a joyful festival. The purpose of Sukkot, of, or tabernacles, um, it's, it closes the circle of Moadim. Moadim is the, the, the festivals of God in the Bible. Uh, lots of people call them festivals of Jews, but they're actually not Jewish festivals. God says, these are my festivals. Um, you can't take it away from God. It's God's. So what's happening is that there's seven festivals and this is the end of the cycle. Um, and also the end of cycle when they finish reading the Torah portions throughout the year. And then there's a big celebration before they start reading the Torah again. Now, this is what happened yesterday. So there was huge celebrations planned and it was all dampened by this attack. Now, the root of the Hebrew word for appointed time, because God don't call the Hebrew doesn't call it uh, festivals, it calls it appointed times. And the, the Hebrew root word for moadim, which is the, the, the word for appointed time, is actually purpose. So there's a purpose behind every, every appointed holy day. That's where holidays come from. It's actually holy days. The purpose is to show us his plan of salvation. Now, Sukkot, the ultimate... Uh, comes and show us the ultimate plan. If you take, it's the end of the cycle of all the festivals. So everything is, is laying out the plan of salvation, and this is coming to the final stage. Now, God tabernacled with his people in the wilderness in a, in a tent of meeting. Remember when they moved through e Egypt yeah. to the promised land? It was, they, they dwelled in temporary dwellings um, before they came to Israel and built the temple there which was going to be the the final the the real dwelling um, so this tabernacle celebrates that or remembers that process of going through the wilderness in these temporary dwellings so they they also had a tabernacle in in the wilderness while they were traveling and that was called the tent of meeting um, so, or hell moed, again, the same root word as with the festivals, the, the appointed times. So, the, the festivals don't, don't only have a, a time when God says, this is when I want you to meet with me, but it also has a place. And that place is, is the tent of meeting. What happens in the tent of meeting? It's the presence of God. That is the place of meeting is the presence of God. So God doesn't want us to just uh, look at a festival at an appointed time, but also appointed place. And that is where we need to meet God, in His presence. Now, it, it, like I said, it, it brings into remembrance the exodus out of Egypt. Uh, exodus 12, 37 says, um, And the house of Israel journeyed from Ramesses to Sukkot. The first place they came to was Sukkot. Sukkot is... 
is the Hebrew word for uh, like a, a hut, a tabernacle. And that's where the, f- the, the name of the Festival of Tabernacles come from. It's an eternal festival. You know, if you look at the past, it remembers the exodus from Egypt. The present, it, it points to our meeting with God in his presence. And then in the future, and that's what I'm going to explain now, is the coming of the Messiah to tabernacle with us. Now, so a kosher... Sh- now, I don't know if you've seen what happens with the, the Festival of Tabernacles. They build a sukkah, which is a, like a, a little hut. And it's got... Uh, only one entrance. Um, so a kosher sukkah, according to the rabbi, should have only one door. Now the Messiah said he is the door. He's the only way in. Right? This is his dwelling, into his presence. And he is the, he is the door, the only way. And the roof should not be solid. It should, you should be able to look through it and see the stars. But when they were in the wilderness, they, they saw more than the stars. They saw the cloud of glory that, that covered them and protected them. Now, this foreshadows the wedding festival of the Lord. Uh, what happens in a, in a wedding festival? Rejoicing, right? So on, this is actually the, the only festival that God com- give a, gives a commandment to rejoice. So Deuteronomy 16.15 says, Seven days you will feast to Adonai your God in the place he chooses, because Adonai your God will bless you in all your produce and in all the work of your hand, and you will be completely filled with joy. This is God's plan. The enemy had another plan. He, wanted to, he, he chose exactly. He wanted to take away our, our joy. He wanted to steal it. And that's what he's doing in Israel right now. He's stealing the joy. But he's not going to get away with this. No ways. Not at all. Now, the, um, some of the old sages said, With the cloud of the chuppah and the shadow of the sukkah, Israel will commune with their God. Now, the chuppah is that, that little canopy that people get married under in Israel. Um, it's called the chuppah. Um, it also represents, or, or sh- sort of, there's a parallel between the chuppah and the sukkah. The sukkah is the tabernacle or the hut that they we celebrate sukkah, the, the sukkot in. So, so there's it points towards a, a wedding festival, and who's our bridegroom? John 1 verse 14 says, And the word became flesh and the tab- and tabernacled among us. We looked upon his glory, the glory of the one and the only from the Father, full of grace and truth. Now, Passover is the first festival, and then it, it, that goes hand in hand with the, unleavened bre- the festival of unleavened leavened bread. It goes for seven days, perfect number, completeness. Tabernacles... The last festival go for eight days. So eight, eight means it's more than complete. It goes into eternity. So this is a, a, a wedding feast for eternity that it's leading us into. It leads us into the messianic kingdom. That's what it points towards. Zechariah 14, 16 says, Then all the survivors from all the nations that attacked Jerusalem will go up. Now this is something that God, what's happening now is what God prophesied that all the nations will attack Israel. Then all the survivors from all the nations that attacked Jerusalem will go up from year to year to worship the king. Obviously, they repented, and then 
uh, now are worshiping the king. Praise God. So there's going to be something good that's coming out of all this. Um, they're going to come from year to year to worship the king, Adonai Tzavuot, and to celebrate the Feast of Tabernacles. So this is going to go forever, this festival. Now there's more. Um, so why, why so much rejoicing? What are we rejoicing about? Right, The festival ends the eighth day. It's called Simchat Torah. It means rejoicing in the Torah, the, 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 the Word of God. The joy is over the Word of God that became flesh and dwelled among us. So Jesus is the reason why we celebrate. He is the Word of God that became flesh. Um, Nehemiah, Nehemiah, that's how you pronounce it in Hebrew, 8 and 9 says, that it talks about the big famous uh, festival of tabernacles. And the whole nation celebrated around the centerpiece of his word. Um, there was a big revival in Nehemiah 8, 8 and 9, a huge one. Now the people met in the square before the water gate. And the last day of the great feast, now every day the, the priest would go down, get water from the pool of Siloam, go up to, the, tabern, uh, to the, the temple and pour it out on the altar. And the last day of the great feast, um, they're getting water from that pool. That And 400 years later, Jesus stood on that same plain and he said the following words, John 7 Verse 37, he says, On the last and great day of the feast, which is the eighth day, Jesus stood up and cried out loudly, If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture says, out of his innermost being will flow rivers of living water. There's a great messianic expectation that comes with this feast and this time that we're in right now. Zechariah 14 says, All nations will come and worship God in Jerusalem. And will come to hear the word of God. Again, the focus is around the word. Now, it also talks about the great ingathering. There's a great revival coming. There's only two festivals that are spoken of as the festival of ingathering. Um, Exodus 23 verse 16 says, Also, you are to observe the feast of harvest, the first fruit of your labor that you sow in the field, as well as the feast of the ingathering, at the end of the year, which is Sukkot, the, the, the Feast of Tabernacles, when you gather your crops from the field. Now, there's a spiritual ingathering happening as well. Um, so, Deuteronomy 16 verse 13 says, You are to keep the Feast of Sukkot for seven days after gathering in the produce from your threshing floor and wine press. It's talking about the final revival. Now is the time to, to pray for revival because we, we're living in prophetic times. Now, in summary, this is what the Feast of Tabernacles is. The purpose of Sukkot or Tabernacles is to show us his plan of salvation. The second one is Sukkot speaks of a gathering, of gathering us in his presence. Sukkot speaks of the eternal wedding festival of the Messiah. And Sukkot speaks of the great spiritual revival. The great ingathering. And the enemy wants to attack at this time to say to us, this is all not going to happen. You know? So we need to stand up and, and declare the word of God and say, this is true. The 
the words of prophecy in his, his word is true. And what he said will be done. If you agree with that, say amen. Amen. Thank you. Amen. It's good, right? All right, here we go. Believe it or not, I um, I actually want to I actually want to preach, and we're going to do a series on Nehemiah of all the yeah, right? Like if you're gonna if you're gonna pick it, and and actually I um I had a different I had a different thing in mind that I wanted to preach on, and and this week I really felt like in the beginning of the week I really felt like Nehemiah is where we got to go, and the more I've read about Nehemiah, the more I think. Wow, there is, there is pretty much like, let's say, a billion different sermons in the first chapter, for instance. And so um, I want to I share real quickly and kind of set us up for the weeks to go. Um, you know, Nehemiah is, is really remembered for rebuilding the wall. That's what he's remembered for. And I think the timing is unreal that God would... God would have us visit this in the area of rebuilding the wall. And I look, at, I look at what's happening now and I think to myself, it's amazing what man can do when, when funded. Because Hamas really isn't all that spectacular. Like if, if, you, if you just look at Hamas and you just go, Hamas without the funding is really just a bunch of idiots that, that have a plan. It can't really succeed because they need money to make their plan succeed. But they really aren't anything. They're just extremists. That's all it is. It's just an extremist fringe of society um, which, which works really well for somebody or a, or a country like Iran because what it does is it allows you to have an organization picking the fight rather than a country picking the fight so that when the fight happens, all you can do is say it's a terrorist organization rather than a country. See, countries go to war, terrorist organizations, they just deal with it. Does that make sense? So when you have this terrorist organization attack a country, then the country has to deal with the terrorist organization. When you have a country attack a country, now you've got yourself a different war, right? Because now countries can join in. Does that make sense? But really, all this is is... Um, it's man's plan funded by a country that is in agreement with Satan. That's it. That's all it is. You've got, you got people who are funded by a country and both are in agreement that Satan or the demonic should rule. It's not really about land. I'm going to be honest with you. This is not about land. This is about exterminating God's people. It's about eliminating Israel. And, and, and for, for the entire history, we've always wanted to get rid of Israel. That's the plan. The enemy wants to go after Israel. And when you understand that, you understand the importance of why the enemy comes after you. And if you don't care about something like Israel for the enemy, that's gold. That's a great thing. If the enemy can keep us from focusing on Israel, praying for Israel, then that's good for the enemy. We're grafted in. You must remember this. I was saying to Peter on the way in. If, 
when, when, you have, when you have a tree and you graft something in, you take something external and you, you cut open the, the tree and then you plant it in, you, you secure it, and then it, it produces fruit. Does that make sense? Now imagine if you had this plant for a moment and there's a branch that's been grafted in and you see something that could produce fruit. What we would do generally for us gardeners is we would then prune, right? And so we would look at this branch and say, hey, let's cut off everything that, that could be wasting nutrients and let's make sure that this branch can produce something, yeah? Does it make sense? You would never go, I'm going to prune. What I'm going to do is cut the tree off at the trunk because you'd kill everything. Pruning is one thing, but you will kill this, this grafted-in branch if you kill its source of nutrients. We are grafted into Israel. If you cut off Israel, if you could, by some, it wouldn't even be a miracle, it's impossible, but if you could kill Israel, we're all in trouble. And it doesn't really matter until moments like this, and you realize we need to pray like we've never prayed before. Amen? What you also need to understand is that if you think that what is happening there will not bleed into Australia, you're living in a dream world, right? It's a fantasy. You, you are living a life which is delusional, and you should stop taking drugs. Just stop it, because it's not helping you. This is going to bleed in. This is going to seep in, and this is coming after Australia. And if you think it isn't, you need to think again. The attack is not just there. The attack is on God's people. Have you ever noticed people like, I was fine until I gave my life to Jesus, then all hell broke loose? Y yes. Yes, you were never an issue. Now you're a big problem, right? You were just existing, and the enemy's okay with existing. What he's not okay with is when you start walking in the purpose that God has for you. Why is it so difficult? Heaven's the reward. That's the best way to think about it. I'm going to fight because there's a reward at the end. I get to be with Jesus. You don't have to. There is a reward for that as well. But it's not Jesus. It's still eternity without him though. Amen? Now we can shrug this off. And just go, well, it's really their issue. But I don't think that would be very smart of us to do. And as a church, we need to rise up. And the people of God need to step up. Right? And we have some pretty pathetic politicians. Sorry, I know, the online guys, they're going, like, I just know. I, I love you guys. I'm so glad you were with us. But I can just see what's about to happen. The, the, the politicians are useless. When it was Ukraine, do you remember Ukraine? You remember like they attacked Ukraine. Oh my gosh, Facebook pretty much changed its logo to the Ukrainian flag. Everybody had Ukraine. How dare they? How dare Russia dare even think about going after Ukraine? Politicians shaking their fists and we should, and, and we should get behind them and fund them. They need money, they need support, they need tanks, they need aeroplanes, they need people, they need whatever it takes. Billions and billions and billions of dollars. Israel gets attacked and I'm still waiting for the Australian Christian Party to step up and say something. Now you think ants just go easy on them. I know them. 
Well, where are you all? Not a word. Oh, we condemn it. Oh, so fantastic. Congratulations. We condemn it. It is an attack on a country that has, there is no need for it. No need. But I'm glad they all condemn it. With your mouths. I want to see you put your hand in your pocket this time. We did for everyone else. Let's go. Where, where is the same energy level? Where is the same commitment? Where is the same, the same place where people are disgusted and outraged? They sent in a tank the first time. This time they walked out with kids and women. And, and, and there are, there are boy, if you could see some of the images, all I can say is you just shouldn't look. It's horrendous. But I'm really glad that we can just condemn it. Condemning it doesn't, doesn't make it, like that doesn't fix the problem. We need to eradicate things that cause that kind of damage. There is one place, I said to Yohan, as far as it goes for Hamas, they can kiss my... They need to be deleted from planet Earth. There is no place that you can have in life. Even the worst of the worst people know you never touch the elderly. You never touch the woman and you never touch the kids. We don't have to agree on anything, but, but where did we get to in life that now that's an option? And what you've got to understand is they will come for the woman, for the elderly, and for the kids. They will come. For, the gloves are off. There are no rules anymore. There's no rules. And once they get in, it's that much harder to keep them out. As Heinrich was saying, they breached the walls. The walls, once you get through, you know that wall represents safety. When you have walls, what do walls do in your house? Walls keep, keep good in, bad out. It's kind of the best way to do it, right? Like windows are great, roller shutters are better. Like a little fence out the front is good, but like a six foot wall is better. Why? Because we all can agree that a wall is a thing of safety. Keeps the, the riffraff out. And what have we just seen them breach? What have we just seen them break? What have we just seen them bulldoze? The very thing that should never have been a problem. What you should know is that you're in a war. You really are in a war. You're in a war. And Nehemiah, it concerned him and it should concern you. Over the next couple of weeks, I really want to share some of, of, of what happened. But I want to share... This one thing for you. I am, um, just while I'm finding this, you have to bear with me, all my notes everywhere. But um, I, did, I did have a plan that at the end of this series, we were going to fast. Uh, but I have changed my mind slightly. And so we're going to fast between now and the end of the series. We're going to fast. And we're going to pray. And I know some of you are just thinking, so how long is the series? I know that that would be a really great question. I want you to pray about that. Um, you know, none of us can fast 24-7, but you can do something. You can. I'm asking you to think about the day. Think about what will cost you the most. What, what would be the most difficult to give up and what's the area you can spend the most time with God? And I'm asking you to go with that option. 
That's what I'm asking you to go for. I'm not going to tell you what to do, what to fast, none of that. All I'm going to say is, if you can do more than that, go for it. Like the more we can fast, the more we can pray, the better. But if you could pick a meal, if you could pick one meal this week, if you could pick a meal uh, a day, if, whatever it is, and say, you know what, I'm going to skip that. I'm going to spend time with God and I'm going to pray like I've never prayed before. I think we would make a difference. Amen. I want to read out of the book of Nehemiah real quick. I want to show you something. Hanani, this is verse 2, one of my brothers came to visit me with some other men which had just arrived from Judah. I asked them about the Jews who had returned from captivity and about how things were going in Jerusalem. See, Nehemiah is concerned. You don't ask questions like that unless you want to know the answer. Yes? They said, they said to me, things are not going well for those who return to the province of Judah. They're in great trouble and disgrace. Just think about what's being said today, what was being said back then. The wall of Jerusalem has been torn down. The gates have been destroyed by fire. When I heard this, I sat down and wept. In fact, for days I mourned, fasted, and prayed to the God of heaven. Are you concerned? Are you concerned with what's going on right now? Nehemiah was concerned. Nehemiah, just so that we're clear, is no superstar. He's not something that's outrageous. He's not somebody who could float. He's not somebody who was wealthy. He didn't have, he, he was like you and I. The dude had a job and he did his job. And I'm going to show you how he did his job as well. But this guy was, this guy was determined. And when he hears about the people of God struggling and the fact that their safety, they're in a place of disgrace and brokenness and the wall has been breached, he immediately mourns, he cries, he, he cries out to God, he fasts. He says, actually, it was for days that this went on. What wall has just been breached and does it concern us? And then fast forward to 2023, what about your personal walls have been breached? Where has the enemy got into your life? And does it concern you? Where has he found a crack or made a gap or got in somewhere and it's affecting you and it's damaging you and you need to stop and realize if this doesn't bother me, I will never change anything because it bothered Nehemiah and they ended up rebuilding the wall. And there's never the criticism, how could you? What have you done? Where, how did you allow this to happen? No, it doesn't happen that way. We have to recognize that we have to draw a line in the sand and say, man, the enemy has got into my life in this area and I need to repair it. He's affected my thinking over here. I need to close that door. I've created a gap or a, a, a way in and I'm going to have to put something in place. If he can do it in the physical, he can do it in your life. If he can do it in Israel right now, he can do it in your life this week. If he does it, if he does it in Nehemiah's time and a wall needs to be rebuilt, then just maybe, just maybe, if you're honest with yourself, you'll realize that there are some things that need to be repaired. Listen to my prayer, verse 6. Look down. And see me praying night and day for your people. I confess, he's being honest. Look, I, I, I'm coming before you, God, and I'm, I'm just going to be honest with you. Um, we have sinned against you. I mean, yes, even my own family and I have sinned. 
Notice how he's praying even when he's a sinner. Notice how he's praying even when he's acknowledging, I admit I'm not where I should be. We have sinned terribly by, obey, uh, by not obeying your commands, decrees, regulations that you gave us through your servant Moses. Please remember what you told your servant Moses. If you're unfaithful to me, I will scatter you among the nations. But, there's always a but, watch God, he's true to his word, but if you return and you obey my commands and live by them, then even if you are exiled to the ends of the earth, I will bring you back to the place I have chosen for my name to be honored. If ever there was a, a scripture that highlights the importance of knowing God's word, that's it. I am messed up. I admit it. I'm, I'm sinning. I'm not where I should be. But I'm crying on behalf of your people who are in serious trouble. And he reminds God of his word. See, God puts his word above his name. When you remind God about his word, you can stand on that word. That's why when God says, I'll never leave you or forsake you, when you feel like you've been left and forgotten, you can stand on that word. Does that make sense? Verse 10, the people you rescued by your great power and strong hand are your servants. Hold up. You rescued people that were far from you. You rescued people who were not serving you. I want you to know this. You don't have to get right before you come to Jesus. You come to Jesus. With all your mess, all your muck, all your junk, all your bad language, your issues, your, you just come. You just come. Because God's able to help you and then heal you. He's able to save you and then start to re the restoration process. He's able to redeem you and then put you back together and remove the junk. and the, He'll deal with you in your own time. You don't worry about it. But you can come back to him anytime you like. Anytime you like. There's no rule. There's no regulation. You just come. But you have to humble yourself and say, yeah, I, I need to come back to him as well. Amen? Lord, please hear my prayer. Listen to the prayers of those of us who delight in honoring you. You're never going to be able to pray for Israel unless your heart is genuinely to honor God, to put him first. We have to get there. We have to get there. Amen? Those walls... Those walls that have been broken, they need repair. They need repair. Like, it doesn't matter which way we cut it. Israel will have to send people to war and people to repair. Like, there is no two ways about it. You can't leave the hole in the wall and then go and fight. You have to close the wall and fight. Nehemiah, fighting. One hand is fighting, the other hand is building. They've got a sword in one hand. And they're laying bricks in another. And I'm going to show you what the gates are and what it represents. I'm going to show you what happens when you pray. I'm going to show you how long it takes sometimes when you really want to do something for God. Nehemiah is jam-packed, full for you. It is so jam-packed. Some of the greatest text you will ever read is in here. Amen? Do you want to find something in the Bible? Find what I'm preaching from. You'll be fine. Nehemiah. Nehemiah. That's John. You'll be fine. I'll show you something quick. There are, there are things when Nehemiah's doing it, he's putting things back together in a physical, but it has spiritual significance for the people of God as well. We need to build, and we need to rebuild.
And there are areas, let's just take, let's not even look outside here. Let's take the church. Let's take this church. We need a place where people can come where it is safe. Yeah? Like judgment is a crack in the wall. Judgment is that. You, you, somebody walks in here and, and, and there's judgment. That's a crack. That's damage. That's your damage. You fix you. Right? Because they should be able to come to a place of safety. They should be able to come and, 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 and just be real. If they want to come and cry, come and cry. If you want to come and you, you know, somebody asked me a while back, they said, what would, what would you do if, if a drag queen uh, walked into the church? I said, well, there's only really two things that could happen. One, they're here because they want to serve Jesus. They're looking for something, in which case, come on in. Or you want to pick a fight. Come on in. I mean, those are the only two options, right? But come. You're a Satanist. You've got a pentagram tattooed on your chest. Come. Come. You'll find God. Let's go. Come. Come join us. You know, they said, what would you do? I said, this is my honest answer. I said, honestly, this is what I would do. I would look at the people in the church. I'd look at their faces. I want to see how they react. I hope they sit next to you. I want to see. Let's go. What, what are they going to do? I walked in once. You know, what's changed? I changed my, my T-shirt. Right? Like, somebody's going to walk in. I mean, we don't judge Kurt. We don't judge him at all. But we have to realize that, that as a church, like, when you talk about a, a place, we have to repair that rubbish. Like, you sort out your own salvation. Don't worry about somebody else's. You sort out you. You've got a long, long way to go. You don't have time to sort out other people, right? But if somebody can't come and feel loved and supported and have a laugh and be part of family, what's the point? What's the point? And then in your own personal life, what does it matter? What does it really matter? If you're not prepared to put these things together and to start to realize that there are cracks in my life, there, are, there is damage in my life, and I need God to rebuild and to restore. Amen? Like for the benefit of you, your family, and the future, I think that we need to get ourselves right. We need to start working on us. Not others, us. You work on yourself. But we, I, I wonder tonight, like I was watching a thing where one of the rockets hit a synagogue and it just absolutely ripped a massive hole. They got an extra door today, right, in their synagogue. You can come in from the back or you can come in from the side, the front corner, right? Why attack the synagogue? Wrong day, bro. It's empty. Like, it's, to me, you look at it on the, in the natural, you go, you're attacking a synagogue on a day that it's empty. That would be like, you're really upset with the Link Church, so you come here on a Tuesday morning to shout at us. Wrong day, bro. Come on a Sunday. Like, doesn't make sense. But it does when you realize they went after a place that was a place of safety, where people would go when they were scared. They would go when they were frightened. They would go when they didn't know where to go. That's why the enemy comes after you. Because if he can mess you up, then when others who are struggling come to you, you're so worried about other things, you miss the people in front of you. We need to repair that and allow people in and allow people space. Amen? You found it? Thanks, Em. She got it. The relief. Look at her. Hey. I'm going to find something real quick. 
next verse. 11, I think. Oh, yeah, it is. You won't have it at the back. It's fine, but I'll read it to him. Verse 11. It says, O Lord, listen to his cries of Nehemiah. This is one of the greatest pieces of scripture of all time. Verse 10, he goes, he says, O Lord, please hear my prayer. Listen to the prayers of those of us who delight in honoring you. This guy's real. This guy's for real. Amen? Please. Like, ple- he's pleading with God. He's pleading with God. And fast forward, we know that the wall gets built, correct? So we know God answers the prayer. Listen to this. Please grant me success today by making the king favorable to me. Put it in his heart to be kind to me. He's praying, I need somebody to help me get this done. I'm begging you that you would step in and deal with this guy. Uh, like there, My heart is for your people. My heart is for this place that is damaged and disgraced. We can go there now. We can fix it now. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. All you have to do is deal with my boss and bam, I'm ready to go. And God answers. Watch his answer. He says, early the following spring. <laughs> what? In the month of Nisan, during the 20th year of King Xerxes' reign, I was serving in the, ki- the king his wine. I had never before appeared sad in his presence. So the king asked me, why are you looking so sad? You don't look sick to me. What's going on with you? You must be deeply troubled. I'm praying and, and begging God and the following spring. And how many of you go, I'm praying and I'm trusting God that He would help me and then just nothing. Where is God when you're praying, right? Yes, He's in the following spring. Here's the crazy bit, which I would love to get, we're going to get to. The following spring is the first time they see any issue with Him. He's had a great attitude from here all the way through. We better change the way our attitude towards what God's calling us to do. We better change the way we pray. We better not give up, not quit, not stop. We should be concerned about what's happening in Israel. You should be very, very concerned about what's happening in your own spiritual life. If he can get through to Israel, God's people, if the enemy can get through that when not even an ant is supposed to be able to move through that wall without being noticed, and we're not dealing, we're dealing with Israel. This is the most high-tech uh, country in the world. They, they are the most high-tech. If they say that not even an ant would get through, not an ant would get through. Like these guys are taught to kill people when they sneeze. Like th- th- this is a proper army. These guys are the real deal. If they can breach that wall, make no mistake, the enemy can get into your life. He can get in. I'm begging you to take stock of where you're at Realize where those cracks are. Realize how cunning and how orchestrated the attack will be on your life. And let's start getting back to the place where we put ourselves back together. You know what areas are out. You know it. I've never, I've never prayed with somebody who goes, I need prayer. I have no idea why. No, you know exactly why. You do know. You know exactly why. You know where the issues are. Amen? And it's time, for us to, it's time for us to restore and to put things back together and to recover and so that we can be a place and a people of protection and safety. There are a lot of people who are going to be coming to church and they're going to meet you. And I'd like them to meet a version of you that's not pretentious, 
but a version of you that is determined to get better, to grow and to learn and to discover. Amen? You ready? Come on, bow your heads. We'll get into it big time next week. Come on, I just want you to just genuinely, right where you are, just answer the question. Are there areas in your life where the enemy has got in? Have you submitted that to God? And I'm going to show you this next week. I promise you, we're going to get into it. Some amazing stuff. Would you be bold enough this evening just to say, God, I just acknowledge that I'm not where I should be. For some of you, it's time to come back. For others of you, perhaps you're in this place and you've never really made a decision to follow Jesus. If it's time for you to make that decision, gosh, you've picked the best day in history for it. Welcome to the armed forces. It's time for us to to rise up, to take a stand and to say, if we don't, what happens to our city? What happens to our kids? You take your eye off the ball just for a moment and bam, that enemy got through. However it is they got through, the one thing I know is they got through. We're going into some of the most crazy times in history. Let's get serious. For those of you that are online, it's time to get serious about God. You guys are, where you are is not wrong. Where you are is so important and you play such a massive part. And, and you can pray right where you are. You can serve right where you are. You can, you can do so much from your living room. It'd be amazing if you could just get your head around what's possible. But we have to be in this thing together and we can do this together. We can reach more. We can pray more. We can, we can fast for longer. We can, we, can, we can do so much if you would just not see the screen between us as the thing that separates us, but rather see the screen between us that combines us, that joins us. Those of you in the room, come on. Let's not play church. Let's be the church. If you're not right with God while everybody's head is bowed, if those of you that are online, you're not where you are, you're not where you should be, and you, you need to make a decision right now. While no one's looking around, just say, yeah, just include me in that prayer this evening. My hand is up. Man, I, need, I need Jesus in my life. If that's you, you're not where you, where you should be, or you need to give your life to the Lord for the very first time right in this place, just say, yeah, just include me in that prayer. Any hands in this place? Those of you that are online. I see your hand. Great decision. Great decision. Anybody else? My hand's with you. I'm with you. I'm so for you. I'm not going to call anyone forward. That's what I'm not going to do, but I'm going to pray for you. Anyone else? Know where you should be. Yeah, great decision. Great, great, great. Amazing. Yep, love it. Come on, I want us to stand to our feet real quick. As you stand, here's, here's, here's what I'm going to ask you to do. Um, some of you, I know like for Peter, he's got, 
He's got something that he, he, he's going to share and pray. I'm going to ask that you just help him. I want to, I want to record it. We're going to put it out to the whole church. But we're going, to, we're going to pray. We're going to stop worrying about things like social media. And we're going, to start, we're going to start to pray. And if you've got a word or a word of encouragement or you've got something you want to pray, please talk to us. We'll send in our trusty team and they can come and um, let's, let's gather that and let's put it out there because it's going to encourage somebody and stir somebody that's greater and, and, and has more reach than just here. Amen. Bow your heads. Let's pray. There's people in the room that are making a decision to give their life to Jesus. That is the greatest thing you'll ever do with your life. How good. So good. If your hand went up or didn't go up, are you making that decision? I want to encourage you. I want to tell you this. On the craziest day in history, you choose to give your life to Jesus. That's significant. For starters, just to let you know, on the craziest day in history, you chose to give your life to Jesus. And the Bible tells me that, they, that the whole of heaven doesn't stop because, they, because people attacked Israel, but it does stop to celebrate you. That's cool. So in the craziest moment in history, heaven just hit pause so that you can be celebrated because you're about to enter the kingdom of God. You're going to make the world's difference. You're going to be somebody of impact and of power. You're going to, make a, you're going to do something that is extraordinary. And I want to congratulate you. If your hand went up or it didn't go up, those of you that are online, I want to congratulate you. It is the best thing you can ever do is to give your life to Jesus. And so we're going to pray with you. So Father, we just lift them up to you right now. Your word says that immediately the enemy is going to come and try and rob them of this, but you are able to finish what you start in their life. And on that basis, we just thank you. Thank you that what you're doing right now is just the beginning. Great things are ahead. Healing and deliverance and salvation and freedom all coming their way. They've got it and now they're going to learn to walk in it and we just bless them this day. Those that are online, I bless you this day. God is going to do something extraordinary in your life. Welcome to the family of God. You are so loved and so valued. And you matter. You matter. We can't wait to do life with you. And you matter. It's important to us. Thanks for being with us. We hope this message leaves you stirred to a place of action. If you made a decision to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, need more resources or want to take your next step, linkthechurch.org has everything you need. Until next time, from everyone at The Link Church, God bless.